When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome back to Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR. This is Roger Hoover. Now, please be joined by our Alabama Legend of the Week, and he is a legend here at the University of Alabama. Terry Jones Sr., of course, played for the Crimson Tide under Coach Bryant in the 70s, and then after a great career in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers, came back to Alabama as a strength and conditioning coach and just recently retired. So first of all, Coach, I got to ask you, how is retirement treating you as you go through your first football season, not on the sidelines with the team? It's good. I like football this weekend. I know what a lot of fans go through hollering at the TV. So it's good. You know, I got a little routine I do every day, you know, work out, go pick up the grandkids and stuff. But been retired pretty good. You know, after 38 years out on the capstone, it's good. You know, played forward Coach Brian and coach out there for 38 years. If probably 38 years of your life, you kind of miss it. Definitely understand that. And let's go back and talk about your journey as a player. First of all, you're from Sandersville, Georgia, originally. Uh, why did you sign with the Crimson Tide? Uh, who were some other schools that maybe were recruiting you? What led to you signing with Alabama? Well, uh, I, I was go, so I'm going to back it up. South Carolina was my first choice, only 150 miles from the house. So I would go to South Carolina. I love Tennessee, Coach Bellman at Tennessee. So I came over and uh, visited with Alabama. I told Coach Brown, say, what school are you going to go to? I said, South Carolina. He said, you're going to win some football games. You ain't going to win no national championship right there. Then they said, we're going to beat your butt. And I said, we're going to go to Tennessee. going to beat your butt every year. So after that conversation with Coach Brown, I decided, hey, the best place for Terry Jones is to come to the University of Alabama. So I signed with the Crimson Tide. 
we're certainly glad that you did. And did you start on the offensive side of the ball with Alabama? Uh, I'm gonna go. It's, it's, that's a funny career I had here. My freshman year, I was uh, a backup nose guard behind Bill Twight and Cazenzo. Then Sylvester Prune graduated and Coach Brian moved me over to Sun. And I started at Sun my sophomore and junior year. Then my senior year, he moved me back to defense. Well, with the best choice of my life because I wasn't going to play no center in the NFL. So he moved me to defensive lineman. And I had an eight year career at Green Bay playing defensive lineman. Absolutely. And when you made that switch to the defensive line, who was your uh, assistant coach that really helped you learn that position and continue growing in your career that allowed you to go on and play in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Back then, we were two gapping. Everybody two gapping. Now, I, you know, me some coach guy that was talking about two gap. And in the NFL, they were still doing old school. You can get flipper, sticky your hand in there. So we use a, a two gap technique where you can read. Both sides of the ball, and I don't know how to two gap on Coach Dunhue. And man, we're blessed, we're blessed to get Coach Dunhue in my life for two gap. And uh, I had a coach in Green Bay now, Coach Hannah. And our Coach Hannah would say, Knock him in the head, Jones. So, and uh, there was some great people in my life. You know, I, I've been through some great coaches in my life that taught me great techniques and stuff. And kind of like being a technician, and that kind of like in the weight room. I learned from Al Mill and Al O'Mill how to be a strength coach. And they taught me great technique too. So sometimes people in my life get me out to be a great technician. Yeah, you mentioned Ken Donahue. Uh, what a great run he had at the University of Alabama. He may be one of the more unsung heroes, it feels like, in the program's history. But how much did you enjoy playing for him? Uh, coach Donahue was great. Uh, man, he uh, – two people I know he, that he made, me and Curtis McGriff. And uh, – you know, one Saturday morning, you had to run a mile every Friday for the weekend. And uh, one uh, one Friday, Tech Pooh, we didn't run it at the time, which was a 6.30 mile at 250 pounds. We didn't make the time. That Saturday morning, Coach Dungeon we were out of knocking it down. Took us over to the track to make that 6.30 mile. But uh, Coach Dungeon was a great person in my life. We taught him a lot. And then you go on to the NFL with the Green Bay Packers, and there you're coached by a former Alabama player in Bart Starr. What you enjoy about playing for him? Coach Starr was a great motivator, and uh, he, he he did things. And we had uh, and he played on some great coaches. You know, we played on Lombardi, and uh, I, I just love to play with Coach Starr. He was a great motivator. One, we both played the Dallas Cowboys in uh, in the playoff game, and. Uh, $55,000 into the thing. He said, if we win this game, this is cash now. If you win the game, this is how much money you're going to win. $55,000. And I'm saying, wow. I wonder what happened because around the complex with a bunch of police walking around. And he said, who's going to be something? Who's going to kill somebody? So when we go in the meeting room, they roll out the money, the police come behind it, right there. He unveiled it for $55,000 cash. He said, if you win this game, how much money on you? And Drew Peel called us down that game beat us. Mad as they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly a good story. And uh, once your NFL career was done, you go into strength and conditioning coaching. Had that been something on your mind even as you were a player? And then what did you enjoy most about uh, getting to be a strength and conditioning coach at Alabama for so long? Well, uh, Rich Ringo was the head strength coach here. And I coached Curry with it. And I know Coach Curry from, uh, from Green Bay and everything. So uh, one summer I came over, him and Rocket Coleman ran a great program. And Rich said, I was teaching school at West Long Middle School. 
at the elementary school, but he said, uh, you want to come to Spring Coast? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> so I got in there and uh, with Rich and Rocky, they taught me a lot then. Uh, and kind of like I would approach it with Al Miller. So we had learned a lot from Al Miller, Kent Johnson. This was a guy that had been through the program at Alabama that know about Bama football and what it took to be, you know, getting in the weight room with grinding kids and stuff. So, and uh, it's coming away when we're talking a lot. You, you see the other side of kids, how to work. And that's something that my parent taught me, and I think your parent taught you. It's two words, hard work. And you don't make kids work hard today in here, but them two words we all learn. In the weight room, you have to tap that, but you got to tap in the way for the kid won't get offended and they'll work hard for you. So, the old saying, so you knock them down, but you got to pick them back up. So, you can go to the trike, you want to run them, but you got to get a kid some love. So they can play for you on Saturday. And of course, uh, they've had a lot of success uh, during your time at Alabama. And I'm so fascinated. You got to play for Coach Bryant, but then you got to be around Coach Saban. Obviously, two have had so much success at Alabama. What similarities do you see between Coach Bryant and Coach Saban? The key thing, I think, look at any coach in any level is a discipline. And you look at Coach Bryant discipline, and you look at Coach Saber discipline. You can't do the thing that you did back in the 70s. So Coach Dunahue and Gutree were the hammer man. Okay? And you know your role with Coach Saber. Coach Saber deal with a different breed of young people today. And especially they got their new stuff out there, image stuff right there. And he was just one thing, but you know, uh, I, I, I give him tap that he do a great job with it. Even from me and Scott were there, we had our, we had our thing. We get kids and things. Scott would call me and say, oh, he say, old man, take this kid and go on old man walk with him. So we'll walk around campus. And then walking around campus, it wasn't about punishment. It wasn't about, I was messing with their head, getting the feel for them and stuff. So I'd take them on old man walk, you know, and talk to them and try to tell them what's going on about the game of football. And it's a game of football. After football is over, it's a game of life. But it, the discipline of that, you know, when I'm, you know, number of graduate, you didn't go to class, you had to get up in the breakfast club. You can go out there and do Jack burgers. You can roll. You can do a lot of things back in the old school now. You can do rolls and goals. You can do up down. You can't do a kid like that today. That kid get in that portal. I'm leaving. I ain't coming right here. But at the end of the day, and I tell a kid this right here, at the end of the day, you want your bill of sale. And your bill of sale is when you walk off that stage and get your degree. And you got to have discipline. And like this weekend, I'm going to talk about this weekend. We had so many pillars. I was just, what got me is, man, all these damn pillars. And I'm just saying, well, you know, I'm saying, well, what? Up, down, run half, do some stuff. I'm sorry. So I'm fine with that. But I'm just saying, the point is, you lose games because of stuff that during the week, go save them. Go grind all the way put in. You can't jump on the side. You can't do it. And then you get in the game like missing assignments and everything, just from that. And, I, and that's what I see a lot, a lot of. Sport because it's a lot of discipline. So, my pad time now is my granddaughter. She got a volleyball match today. And I go look at that around my 5 30 and I see some discipline. And I be fussing. What is the discipline? So, my thing is even raising your kids in the thing is the discipline part. And that two coaches that had two different kind of people in the 70s. And here, you know, so say me that's in 2007. It's a whole different breed. I could call out names, but I won't call out no names. But it's, it's just dealing with them kids. And, you know, we had a way to, you know, Scott and uh, we had a way, you know, 
dealing with them kids and you have to deal with them. The attitudes ain't playing is what the ain't going to class, but you had to deal with that discipline. And that's why I say it's just the kids today dealing with discipline. Certainly understand that. And I'm sure you're proud of all the guys you're able to coach as a strength and conditioning coach at Alabama, but especially Terry Jones Jr. Got sued up for the Crimson Tide, ended up being a captain. And your son Jason as well started on the football team, eventually moved over to the strength uh, side of things as well. But you had to be tremendously proud to see them in Crimson and get to be around them during their time at the University of Alabama. Yeah, I've been, I, I tell everybody I had two careers. One at an NFL football player and one at a strength coach. And I said, I was blessed I had two sons. Terry Jr. followed my footstep as a football player, go to the NFL and play for five years. Then I look at Jason in the weight room. He come in with a walk-on player, then making him come on and be in the weight room. And I see him learning. And you have to treat your son different, both sides in the weight room. And you have to treat this. I remember Terry Jones, Terry Jr. missed a class. I busted, but so bad that morning at 6 o'clock in that morning, dude. He didn't miss another class this four years there. So I say, you represent Pop. Then Jason would be in the weight room, and I would tell Jason, I say, I got one, two, three platforms. I say, the first two platforms is money. That way you got them first round draft charges in. And I say, you don't screw them up. And one day I saw him doing some stupid stuff. Oh, I say, your brother in the squat jump. I'm not going to make the athlete squat jump. I'm going to make you squat jump. So this time right there. The point is uh, installing that discipline in there. But it was great to, you know, see both of my son follow my career. Really was great to see. And coming up this weekend, again, you're going to be an honorary captain for Alabama's game against ULM, but you're not going to be alone. You're also going to have your teammate there, Lou Green. Just what do you remember about him as a player? And you excited to go through this experience this weekend with him? They're called Mean Green. And uh, Mean Green, I was playing offensive son. Green was playing left guard. So we back then, I made all the calls on the same kind of playing right. I made all the calls on the on the offensive line. What kind of block we're gonna run? And we have a we had like we would play against Mississippi State and they had a bad son that Hogan or somebody that do. I said, Green, we gotta take him out. So we're gonna scoop block and I want you to roll up on his knees. <laughs> so we run that scoop block, we try to take him out. And we we green green play good. I I enjoy green and call him mean green. And we had a good four years together at Bama. And we talked some around here now. They tailgate. And uh, that's one thing I think about retiring. I, I got an opportunity to hang out with the fellows now on Saturday afternoon. Ain't got to go stand on the sideline for three hours and you walking by. You see them over there having a beverage and you want to study. He's, no, man, I got to go. I'm tired. So now I can go to the tailgate and enjoy my guys and have fun with them. That sounds good. Well, enjoy the tailgates. Enjoy chasing around the grandchildren and your workouts, your new daily routine now that you're retired after a great career at Alabama. But just thank you so much, Terry, for joining us here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, sharing some fun memories. All the best to you. Roll Tide. Okay, roll Tide.